All right, look, this, uh, this story on the homeless, it's too long. I want five pages out of it. Make sure he gets five real pages out of it. Okay, this guy tells the secretary to type it tighter. It doesn't take anything out of it. It's stupid. Yeah. And I want this guy, Joe Hansen, off the show. He's not funny. He doesn't write funny. I'm, if he has cancer, I'm sorry. I'll send him flowers. He's not, he's not funny. I don't want him. I don't want him off. Jesus, doesn't anybody know how to write funny anymore? I mean, wait, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to write everything myself? Write it myself? Direct it myself? Produce it myself? I can't believe this. Look at this. Look at those people out there. Look at them. Look out the window at them. These people are looking for something funny in their lives. They're not getting anything funny. You're giving them straight lines. Their lives are straight lines already. They're waiting for something funny. to me. This is supposed to be the profile of the creative mind. It's very tough for a woman in this profession. I mean, men are always hitting them. I can make it easier for you. you know? What is this? What is this? When did you shoot that? When did you get that? But I, I was lurking around the corner. I had my camera and I couldn't resist. I saw you guys. I mean, I don't want to do it in a kind of a vulgar way and just, uh, you know, take it off uh, what I see here. I want to I find out what's in here so I can, you know, spend some time where we have a little dinner together and, you know, Okay, you can step aside. I'm taking over this film. What are you talking about? You can't finish my film. I can't read your contract. You promised. Look, the idea was to show the real me. All right, okay, I may not be perfect, but I don't promote values that help... That, 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 let me get your quote exactly. That deaden the sensibilities of a great democracy. You're fired, Cliff. You're fired. You're out. Get out of here. Go. Thank you. Goodbye. If it bends, it's funny. If it breaks, it isn't. So watch me bring the fire, set the night light Shoes on, get up in the morning, cup of milk, let's rock and roll Kink out, kick the drum, rolling on like a rolling stone Sing song when I'm walking home, jump up to the top of the brown Ding dong, call me on my phone, nice tea and I'll get my ping pong It's me, Dave Juskow. The Nightfly Podcast is back on the air. By my estimations, this should be episode 299. I think. I didn't. I forgot to look at it completely up, but I'm pretty sure 299 and next week is 300. And I'm not ready. And I, I just say it, it's a very difficult year to put stuff together, as you know, because mostly we've been doing solo ones, so... Anyway, I hope everybody had a lovely Thanksgiving and a great holiday uh, under the circumstances. I did. I was able to go home, even though Sarah Silverman is kind of an asshole about it, and I defied her witches and went home anyway. And, uh, of course, we'll talk more about that in a second. But uh, right now, it is the Nightfly. I am Dave Juskow, and happy December 2020, everybody, because as we all know, as the calendar changes... 
the coronavirus will go away. It's as easy as that. All right. Hey, we'll be right back, huh? Yeah, light it up, dynamite, everybody. Going all the way back to 2020. Here's BTS. I don't understand how they speak perfect English. I don't even think they speak any English. I think they're Korean. Um, but uh, it's, it's a pretty good song. <laughs> it's, it's catchy, no? I thought they were the ones on Fuller House, but it turns out that was a different... Uh, well, that was a Japanese pop group. I'm getting confused. Look how racist I am. Isn't it just awful? Well, excuse me. I've been doing that a lot lately. I don't know why. Uh, I haven't even seen the Belushi documentary yet, which I am looking forward to. I hope it's a little better than Wired, the uh, odd Bob Woodward one with the commish. What's that guy's name? Michael Chiklis. That that was horrible. I mean, really awful. I don't know what they were thinking of. You know, that BTS song is called Dynamite, and um, uh, when I saw it, I thought it was this one. Jermaine Jackson from the Jackson 5. That's like Brandy. That's like Brandy Jackson from the Jackson 5, right? It's dynamite. Yeah. This song was awesome. Even though it was Jermaine Jackson. Because you figured, uh, well, Jermaine Jackson is putting out a hit. Michael had to have something to do with this. I actually don't know the, the actual story but it, 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 it's, it's got to be right I mean we, we can't believe Jermaine Jackson had it in him to even write one good song <laughs> we refuse to believe any of the rest of the Jackson 5 had any talent whatsoever besides Janet how many people in the family can you have with that much talent yeah intense highly explosive dynamite dynamite Oh, it's a classic. Yeah, I'd like them to bring that song back. That's a good one. I could have opened the uh, show with that today. That would have been a lot of laughs. But, ha, 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 it's dynamite. <laughs> Anything with the, the words dynamite, I'm all in. I got to start playing that on July 4th. Every year. Both songs. Hey, they're really terrific. What I can't figure out, though, is if they're Korean or whatever they, it is they are. I think they're Korean. How do they speak perfect English in the song? It's like the British people when you don't sound like the British. That's why I like that Christmas song that we played last week from the Pogues. 
At least they sound, not only do they sound loaded and, and drunk, but they sound very Irish. I, li- I prefer that. I like to hear the way people actually sound. It's kind of weird. Then you have to say to yourself, well, look, we are the greatest language because everybody sounds like us when they're singing. And that's when it really counts. More on that later. Well, I hope everybody had a lovely Thanksgiving. So I don't know whether you watched this week's Tuesday show. These Tuesday shows are killing me. Sarah Silverman, 15 minutes late. I get a call at 7.55 saying, I just left my I just left my podcast. I'm on my way. I'm going to run away. I'm like, Jesus Christ. These are my best friends, right? Sarah Silverman, Rachel Feinstein, and they keep being 15 minutes late. It's like they just have no respect for the show. I get it if that's the case, but why do you got to be like that? God, they don't understand. I'm grabbing at straws here. This show is the only thing I, you know, I got that in the podcast. They know how important these things are to me. Why is it like that? It's uh, whatever, right? Let that go. We waited a little bit. We waited for her. How you, well, you're not going to wait for Sarah Silver? That's your big star. Plus, I mean, Jesus Christ, I guess they don't get it. I mean, I do extensive work on my actual guest. If somebody cuts out in the last minute, it's a disaster for me. I spend a full day of work getting those photos and all that stuff together. Whether you like it or not, it's what I do. And uh, the fact of the matter is, when Sarah was on the show this past week, she called me out. I mean, she went ballistic when she found out I was going home for Thanksgiving. As you know, my sister tested positive. She quarantined for 10 quarantined for 10 days, like the CDC said, on the website and said after that she can go back to work. Once she said she can go back to work, we figured we were all good. If you can go back to work, then you could probably have Thanksgiving, even though they said don't go over people's houses. But again, you know, it's better than eating a sandwich. I'd rather get COVID. Anyway, then on Tuesday, she tested completely negative. So none of us cared, and we all went there and had a hell of a time. But here's the thing, and I don't know whether you watched the entire Comedy Cellar Nightly show with Sarah Silverman, but she was she went ballistic. Then you find out that today, her birthday, she's having a huge poker game at her house. You know what? Everyone's fucking two-faced. I mean, how many times did I call this out on the podcast? Not just for the COVID, but the the Black Lives Matter and all this stuff. There's always a bunch of two-faced douchebags who are yelling at you in your face, and then it turns out they're just as bad as everybody else. If you're screaming about Black Lives Matter, you might hate the Jews. If you're screaming about COVID, you're probably not taking the protocols yourself. And look at this, Governor Cuomo, now he's writing a book on how great he is while the virus is still going on. Who's this guy think he is, Winston Churchill? Come on! God, he won an Emmy for his performance uh, telling us about COVID. You gotta be kidding. How would that not go to your head? Jesus Christ. Seriously, everybody's gone insane. And that's how I was trying to... No, 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 but for mine, we're rapid testing. Yeah, because you have money, so you can rapid test all your guests before they come to your house. Come on, man. Come on. I'm sorry I'm not as rich as you that we can afford a nurse sitting at my sister's house rapid testing everybody before they come in or getting some secret test that I can't get somewhere else because there's a line of eight hours and then they run out of testing. Well, excuse me again. I mean, really, that's not cool. Meanwhile, I guess there's a lot of people that really hate Sarah and that kind of stuff because I guess we had a lot of trolls. I don't see the chat room when I'm on it. I rely on the producer, Mike, to uh, you know let me know if there's something going on. And he told me there were 
you know, if you look back, I guess there's a lot of deleted comments uh, because a lot of anti-Semitism, a lot of the N-word used, all stuff. I assuming it doesn't normally happen. So I guess those are the Sarah Silverman trolls who were probably bought on by Donald Trump and his followers or so. You know, you're guessing. I mean, who else would they be? I mean, listen, again, if you're that outspoken uh, about politics and you're really just a comedian, I guess that's what you have to expect. So she has a lot of trolls following her around and it was um, but the producer was able to catch a lot of them um, so they don't uh, sit there. Yeah, I mean, that's the funny thing. Our little chat room that we have on Tuesdays is really nice. It's my Aunt Judy going like, so what are you what are you doing this weekend? How are you doing? What do you like this week? You know, it's like all this nice banter. And then all of a sudden you have, uh, I guess, a controversial guest like that. And everybody just goes crazy. I guess they follow her around. But hopefully they won't be. Uh, hopefully they'll take my side in the sense that like, Jesus Christ, calling me out on my own show like that. You know, it's something you could do. Uh, after hours, like, I really don't think you should go to your sister's house. Meanwhile, I got a call from Mark Cohen and Dave Reth right after, like, can you believe Sarah called you out like that? I mean, it was, <laughs> they were surprised too. Man, I, she went so crazy. I thought it was so, I thought she was looking at the picture of the food we had from a few years ago and getting upset that I was eating all that food. That's where I thought it was coming from first. And then just so I realized the COVID thing, I'm like, come on, man. Man, that ain't cool. That ain't right. Don't be like that, player. But, uh, you know, maybe I got it, but I got to say, I'm glad I went over there. I was really happy to leave the house. I got over there around four o'clock. I stopped. I picked up the starlet, picked up some uh, lottery tickets, you know, because that's what uncles do. Even if they have no money, you can still find money for lottery tickets. So the kids can scratch off, even though the kids are in their 30s. Um, <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> you know, I had a really good time. My mother got her hair cut there by our friend Lindsay. And uh, I had my my little tiny beers that I like. I had six of those. This was fantastic. I had a little high, ate like a king. Matt's cooking perfect again. His turkey is splendidious. His stuffing, as you know, I usually I didn't like it at the beginning only because it's so filling. Otherwise, it's delicious. My mother was able to make the sweet potato pie. We thought she wasn't going to be able to with the marshmallows. I mean, it's beautiful. Matt made meatballs, but I had meatballs the night before. I don't want to, I don't, I got to be careful because I want to stuff in as much as the stuff I like more than trying something new. I know his meatballs are excellent, but no, I'd rather have more turkey. Or as Dory used to say when she was little, more turkey. So yeah, and then, wait, there must have been something else too I was eating. I mean, it was great. Yeah, I had like, you know, two servings, obviously. And then, and I was eating later than everybody else because I guess I still wanted to finish my beer and then sit down and eat. But then I had to have a third with just, oh, and mashed potatoes, right? Because the butter is just sliding right. Oh, man. It just looks so good. He puts a slab of butter right on the, it's making my mouth water. Um, yeah. And then I just had to have a third thing of like just a couple pieces of turkey mashed potatoes. I wasn't finished. I thought I was. I wanted to be. And the thing is, it's like if I ate like normally and not being on the Nutrisystem, I probably would have stopped at the two for Thanksgiving. But knowing full well I was never going to eat like that again, let alone the Nutrisystem or just I just don't get a home cooked meal. I had to just have a little bit more, which really put me over the edge. Then I was then I was full, but I never slept. 
I never took a, a nap. Then we watched Friends, you know, the Brad Pitt episode, which was great. And then for some reason, Bet's neighbors came by while we were like, why they came over at five and not at four? They were afraid of COVID. They didn't want to sit with us. But then they came over at five. Five anyway. I, I don't know what their timing was, but it ruined everything for my sister because she wanted to sit and watch the Brad Pitt. Nobody wants company ex- right after you eat. They're very nice people, but they timed that so wrong. And then we had dessert. My sister was kind enough to make me that chocolate cream pie. Remember the one that my mother tried to kill us a few years ago, which is why uh, their neighbor, Lindsay, who cut her hair, will never eat that pie again because she was there that year when my mother tried to poison us uh, when it was filled with kerosene using a jello pudding uh, mix from the 80s. So she'll never eat it again, but I still like it when it's done well. My sister made these things. We used to call Mama Seal cookies uh, from my grandmother, Mama Seal. It was my mother's mother who, as we found out, she was also a horrible cook, but could cook three good things. Potato latkes, Mama Seal cookies. Maybe it was just two things. Oh, and apparently Kasha's, Kasha Vernishka's, Kasha Veronica's, whatever they're called, um, although she never made them for us. She, apparently she made them for my dad once uh, before he asked my mom to marry her, and that's all we knew. So I don't know what that's all about. And then, um, so yeah, my mother, my sister was able to make them. The only thing, my grandmother used to put it in this plaid basket, uh, like Dorothy's basket in the Wizard of Oz. Kind. Well, that's what we pictured, but I don't think that was it at all. I think hers was a wicker basket. This was a plaid tin basket, like a pla- like it looked like a flannel shirt basket, and it had two sides, like a sewing kit, like that open up, and a wooden handle. And we've been looking for that basket because we know that the cookies are going to taste that much better uh, when they're in that basket with wax paper surrounding them. And we can't find that basket anywhere. I mean, like, we really looked. So my sister and Matt's 25th anniversary is coming, and... I was uh, smart enough to remember that the kids, her kids need to perform in front of them. I think we're doing it in two Saturdays for Hanukkah that the kids need to perform because that is the torture. That's what me and Beth had to do at our parents' 25th anniversary party. I had to do stand-up and then we had to sing and the kids have to do it and they're complaining, but there's no complaining. If they don't do it, they're going to crush their mother's heart. So we are forcing them to entertain. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be, and I, I'm like, and I keep bringing it up. It's, it's the douchiest move, but we had to do it. So screw them. And I don't have any kids to torture. So, uh, you know, I have to do that to Beth and there's video of us doing it. So there's absolute proof. And boy, I think I have talked about this before. I bombed that night. It was in 1988, and I was still doing it. It turns out I was doing the same material opening for Gaffigan. So nothing's really changed, which made Dory laugh harder than ever. So I don't know what those kids are going to do, but I told them, I told Liza, I said, Liza, because Liza's not to perform. Billy should have no problem in performing. That's what he wants to do for a living, right? Dory, you can make a case for either way. But Liza, you know, she's not into it. She was performing when she was little. She was in the Wizard of Oz. She was in school plays, and now she's done. So I said, if you can find this basket, <laughs> you know, that your mother's looking for, that used to be our grandmother's, you won't have to perform. I thought that was a very good trade-off. And my sister said, no, she's still performing. I'm like, I, Liza, I tried. But nobody's going to be able to find that basket. We've tried. We've really tried. 
I'm going to have to go into an antique store or something. Mama Seal. What these relatives, these grandmothers, Miss Seal and Ruth. That was the other mother. I mean, their names, and, and my, let alone my grandfather, Lulu. <laughs> That's his real name. And Dory. What the hell? There's like no normal names. Rhoda, Elliot. What the, what the hell were people named after back then? Beth and David. That's the most normal names there are. Hmm. They're biblical. How are you? Anyway, um, yeah, and the worst part was, the worst, I mean, I still, you know, I had a lovely night. And then I had coffee and I had tea. I just, I wasn't tired at all. And then we watched some more. Then we watched the Christina Applegate Friends one classic. Oh, and let me tell you this. I th- yeah, it was the Christina Applegate one. They, TBS cut the intro where Joey's watching the parade and he realized he was supposed to be at the parade. They cut it. And we're like, and we, everyone knows those episodes backwards and forwards. The reason they put it on TBS every Thanksgiving is because they know it gets huge ratings and everybody knows it backwards and forwards. If everybody knows it backwards and forwards, why would you cut anything? We noticed right away. They cut the intro for time purposes, for money, for greedy, greed money they put on. They cut the intro. We noticed it right away. We couldn't believe it. Now, we know what happens, and I guess they're saying, well, they know what happens. But that used to happen with the odd couple when we were little, and they'd cut out little snippets and little bits and pieces so they could fit in a, you know, like five-second really funny gag lines that, uh, you know, Lawrence and Kevin Cash remembered when we were doing the show, at least, so we could put out the full version. And it's really uncool and cruel for Channel 11 to always have done that. I can't believe TBS was doing it, too. That was a, a strange surprise. But maybe this is my way to write to TBS and tell them to take off all of their original programming, which is absolutely awful, and only show Friends and the Big Bang Theory. And that's they just sign on with that. The Big Bang Theory is so huge on TBS, as, as you know, that's all I watch every day, is that I think they're putting Kelly Kuko's new show which i'm looking forward to the stewardess or the flight attendant whatever i guess it would have been called the stewardess in the 50s um i think they're showing the first episode on tbs which is also what they did when she played harley quinn that's how huge a star she is even though it's on hbo max they're showing on tbs because she's such a huge huge star on tbs they're like let's bank on that and we'll show the first. That's exactly how I fell into the Harley Quinn thing. They did the exact same thing. It's a very smart move. But that's how huge she is. And that's why Samantha B has to come before she comes on and says, I know everybody's switching off after the Big Bang Theory. It's so true. At least she realizes it, too. That's how what a cash cow the Big Bang Theory is. I'm not crazy. That is a good show. I know I'm not nuts. I know everybody else doesn't like it. But I love it. I mean, there's so much money there. I wouldn't be surprised if they just somehow bought it back again for another season or two on Netflix. I mean, it's, oh, when people are strapping for cash, that's all you, all those idiots, those guys will be, well, they're obviously rich forever anyway. They lasted like 12 seasons and they made a fortune. But if they ever wanted to feed the uh, a third world country and just do like a couple of episodes, my God, it's funny. How huge it is. And that's why that Be Positive show is just absolutely awful. Again, I watch for that girl, Annalie Ashford, 
who we were talking about last week. I'm so angry. Oh, no, I have to go film my show. Remember? But I'll sit there watching it, I guess, because she's kind of sexy. So. Anyway, again, also, I apologize. Uh, before we go on, um, just this Tuesday, tonight, December 1st, Sarah Silverman's birthday poker game. Uh, tonight, um, my guests are, as I announced last week, uh, Wendy Liebman and David Feldman and uh, my friend Nick Griffin. Now, if you don't know these two folks, and this was an interesting mix. Now, I've never met Wendy Liebman. David Feldman, I know well. Wendy Liebman was a living legend, kind of, in our world when I was starting out. She was a really funny girl. This is before Sarah Silverman times and stuff. A very pretty, funny, really interesting comic. And I really need to have her on the podcast, and I think that's a possibility, and and talk to her for really like an hour and find out some info on her of how why she is in kind of an obscurity and had to come back, make a comeback. I know she had to make a comeback. It's Amy Schumer's fault. Wendy Liebman, and I can tell you on this podcast, I won't say it on Tuesday, Amy Schumer stole, it's a fact, whether she admits it or not, Wendy Liebman's cadence. I was sitting there one day watching Amy Schumer perform for the first time, and although I don't really care for Amy, I don't want any trouble with her. She's a very powerful woman. And obviously, Rachel's best friends with her, so we don't have any beef yet. But I'm watching her perform, and I'm looking around, and I don't know where we were, and I'd never seen her act. I knew her, but I'd never seen her act. I'm like, um, is it just me? or It's, it's like that time I was at um, Dear Evan Hansen, and I was sitting there watching these gay kids try and pretend to be straight, and I'm looking around at the audience going, wait, am I the only person? that notices that these guys are homosexuals and they're trying to play straight and they're the worst actors I've ever seen? It was like that. I was looking around, everybody's laughing. I'm like, wait, you guys don't know this is Wendy Liebman's act. And then finally, because I know I wasn't crazy, Wendy Liebman called her out because finally she actually stole a joke, an actual joke. Now, I don't think she stole a joke. I don't know, but she must have studied Wendy Liebman because you can't... Wendy Liebman had such a... um, a specific act to steal her kind of cadence the way she does a joke would be a a kind of a miracle if that came out of the blue. So it would make sense that she had the same joke and then Wendy Lehman, somebody put it on YouTube, but Wendy Lehman wasn't strong enough and Amy had just come off train wreck and she was the shit. So Wendy Lehman pressed down, but she was so upset, I think she went on America's Got Talent to prove that she was still here, but that didn't work out as well either. You know, it kind of... uh, lost itself in a way, but because she wasn't going to beat Amy. And it's too bad because it it would be better if Amy would just acknowledge that Wendy Liebman was my hero, kind of the way David Tell acknowledges that Colin Quinn, kind of that's how he got his cadence and he didn't steal, but, you know, and and that all these people, uh, Sam Morell, Big J Okerson, all these people come from the David Tell school of comedy and they have it and at first maybe they were doing i know i called jay okerson out for that he wasn't stealing jokes but he had the canes and he'll he'll never talk to me again um because i said it but again he worked it out now he's his own man you know i'm just saying they all everybody steals so i guess 
you know, Amy Schumer definitely worked it out. But at the time that I saw her, it was she was pretty much doing Wendy Lehman's act. And she, I'm telling you, this girl, follow her on Twitter. Her tweets are hilarious. She's a really good writer. And uh, from what I've heard, a very kind person from people I've talked to in the comedy community, if they know, see if they want to be on the show. I heard she's just a joy. And uh, apparently was on the Larry Sanders show. So really, you know what? That's the best thing of all. And David Feldman was one of my favorite comics in the 90s because he was just, his writing was phenomenal. He didn't have like a really big, you know, thing or anything. It was just, he was just such a good writer and smart, you know, is one of those guys that, boy, this guy's really smart. I could never do this. Uh, he's very, he's political, you know, stuff that I like, but I couldn't do. So I enjoy watching others do it. Uh, I really like him. He's a really good writer. I've been on his podcast a couple of times and he's a nice guy. So I'm going to have them on and Nick Griffin, who I just had dinner with on Wednesday. We had spaghetti and meatballs again at a, at a different Italian restaurant indoors, which this time I felt was full of COVID. Sometimes I feel if you're going downstairs somewhere, that's full of COVID. But if you're on street level, I feel that that's not full of COVID. So I don't know. I mean, again, nobody knows what's going on. All I do know is that everybody that's been testing positive, and that's a lot of people we know now, everybody we know has been testing positive lately. They all seem to be asymptomatic so far. My guess is as the cold weather um, (coughs) continues, everybody will be catching the flu. And then when they test positive for COVID, they'll actually be just getting a very bad strand of the flu which COVID makes worse. This is my theory. I think it's a pretty good one. COVID is like AIDS in the sense that it just fucks with your immune system and then you can't get rid of the cold that you catch. I'm pretty sure, not being a scientist, that that's pretty much the way it works. So that's why everybody's asymptomatic. They have it, their immune system's down, and you need to relax and quarantine like you're sick even though if you don't feel sick because your immune system has been compromised. That's the way I think about it. Of course, as you know, no one knows what the fuck to do. Do you quarantine 10 days? Do you quarantine three days? Do you quarantine four days? Nobody knows. So everything's a crapshoot. The one thing I think you can't do again is close everything down. And I'm pretty sure I'm taping this on Saturday, November 28th, that everything will be closed down again on Monday. (laughs) At least in New York City. What a mess. But anyway, uh, I wanted to apologize for last week's show. Uh, obviously, there was no way out of it. I had to uh, talk about what was happening, you know, with Trish and the funeral. But, um, uh, you know, I don't want to bring it up again because it was, I guess, uh, sad. I don't feel I wasn't crying like it was uh, like when my cat died where I couldn't even contain myself or when I got fired, which was worse. It's kind of like I said, death for me is different. But uh, losing a cat or, you know, my job of 20 years, that seems to crush me more, especially the way it went down. And somebody actually, I love dying. Go figure. But uh, yeah, me and Katie and Dre and Rick Newman streamed the, the uh, what do you call it, the, the, the mass that day, uh, right, um, you know, from our homes. And I got to tell you, that is the way to do a funeral. If you've ever got to do one, it was so much fun, <laughs> not for the family, but not being there, we could text and kind of make fun of the priest and it because he was coughing or like, oh, my God, the priest has COVID. You can make all the comments you've ever wanted to make if you're at home, you know, just texting your friends while you're watching together. It's brilliant. You can't really do that in church. They um, they think that's a bit much. So it was uh, that was actually 
pleasant, go figure. And I sent them uh, a, a Katz's Deli, the family. I sent them a Katz's Deli a package, which you can get from Katz's Deli down on, uh, you know, on, ha- on Houston Street. The legendary Katz's Deli sent them a, it's a pound of uh, corned beef and a pound of pastrami. That's what you get, right? And you get some pickles. You get some mustard. Uh, you know, you get you get you get some uh, uh, bug bugala. What that's that stuff that I don't like. Um, not rugala, baklava. I don't know whatever that dessert shit is that I don't like. Um, and you get all that in a little package, and I send it to them, and they got it on Wednesday before. No, yeah, well, they got it Thursday. They sent Wednesday, and they always oh, we went out. We just assumed it was you, which is their way of saying we hate the Jews. Uh, but no, seriously, it, it's their way of, uh, you know, I, I think they fit because they said everybody bought flowers, everybody bought flowers. And that's the thing. It's like, you know, if you're Jewish, you're just like, you know, I told Katie, I'm like, well, Jews don't send flowers. So you can send them if you want. We just we send food. That's what we do. So, you know, I wanted to uh, throw a little Judaism into their lives as I am their only Jewish friend. And I figured that's a good way to do it to uh, I didn't need to send Jewy Jewy food, but I'm not going to send a ham. What message does that send? But I think they were pretty okay. and I mean, you know, as okay as you can be. And that's that, I guess, isn't it, though? Um, speaking of which, I this is what I do on Saturday. I mean, tonight's Saturday, right? This is so sad. You know, all summer, I was pretty much performing on Saturday night. So I didn't really have a routine. And my Saturdays are weird. And now you just can't go out. And it's not like you're going out. Even if you did, you'd be home by 10. So all I do is I'm usually home. Uh, the Big Bang Theory starts at 9 on TBS, so i got to wait. <laughs> uh, sometimes I'm on the system, so I'm just like, I don't know what to do. I guess I'll just stay in. Uh, this week I'm not. Oh, my God, am I not. And speaking of system, let me tell you this, too. They're running out of dry ice because they're packing the vaccine in dry ice. So they're running out of dry ice. And the first thing I'm thinking of, what's Nutrisystem going to do? Oh, my God. What am I going to do? They're running out of dry ice. Uh, I don't know how you run out of dry ice. I don't know how it's made. Seems like a pretty easy procedure, I guess. But, yeah, they're running out. They're packing all the uh, vaccines that are coming in dry ice. So Nutrisystem packs its frozen stuff in dry ice. That's how you get it. And I'm, I'm guessing maybe that's what Katz's Deli did, too. I don't know. So now what's going to happen? I'm not going to be able to get my Nutrisystem. And I don't know what I'm doing about the Nutrisystem for January. I mean, I have two weeks left. I have exactly two weeks left. I did 14 days. So now what? I don't know. I mean, believe me, I'd like to be off of it again, but it is keeping my weight down, even though Thanksgiving is not. So, you know, I figure I'll do it till... uh you know, around the 20th of December, I can uh, stretch it out pretty much. And then after Christmas, we'll take a break and see if I want to continue in January. I don't know. Because there's no way I can actually continue eating properly. I still don't know how it works. I guess I could try, but I have too much else on my mind. And when I say too much else on my mind, I got to worry about when does the Big Bang Theory start? It starts at nine. So anyway, on Saturdays, this is so fucking sad. I mean, it's just... I mean, that's, it's like Saturday night, I used to go out and pot. No, I really never went out on Saturdays, I guess. I, used to, I like going out on Fridays, so I usually stay in on Saturdays. And on Saturdays, so now all I do, and this is just so weird, I watch the Big Bang Theory, and then at 10 o'clock on MeTV, they have Star Trek on. 
So I'll watch that. And this particular last episode was called Shore Leave. And it was like, it's a classic one where you can, like, all your fantasy. It's like a precursor to Fantasy Island. And you go to this planet and you can just kind of, like, have a vacation. If anything you want, they kind of scan your mind and then you, you know, uh, you can do what you want to do, whatever. And then after that at 11 is Buck Rogers. So I've been watching that at 11 o'clock and they had the pilot on the other day, which was so hot. That Aaron Gray and Princess Ardala, forget about it. Those were good times back in the uh, late 70s. <laughs> Those girls were so hot. Um, but, yeah, so I'm watching that show like an idiot. And then I, and then I, at one in the morning, there's a public access show my friend Ed Grant has been doing for like 30 years, and it's still on. It's called Media Funhouse, and I wait for that <clears throat> at 1 o'clock, and I can barely sit through that because it's a little slow. But, I mean, that's my Saturday night. It is the saddest of all things. I mean, it's not awful. It's just like, ugh, that's what I do. And I just wait until my, uh, I try and go to bed so I can uh, wake up for that Sunday morning show at 10 o'clock that I do, which is awful. But I love it. Me and Lee and Elon, we love it. It's not, we don't make it exciting for the fans, but we just talk about football, make our picks, and we really enjoy it. And it gets me up early. And then at 11.15, I make some calls. And then I try and take a nap. And I try and wake up around 2 o'clock. And I see where the games are going on. And then I try and get out at 4.30. This Sunday, I went to go visit Memo in Queens. It was great. Overate again because I'm overeating now, which normally I wouldn't do if I wasn't on the diet. But because it's like I'm off the diet, I'm like, well, I'll have that extra six pieces of rolls because I'm off today. So that's the issue. I got to stop that. But it's tough because everything, food is so delicious. <laughs> Why does it have to be so delicious? So, yeah, on Sunday... <clears throat> I'm sorry about my uh, my throat's fine, but I guess I don't talk to that many people anymore in the morning. Um, so on Sunday, yeah, I had to take the city bike and then take the motorcycle because the city bike doesn't go to Sunnyside, Queens, and then take it back. And, you know, it's a big to do, but it was good to get out of the house and just do something on Sundays, you know, because it really sets up my week in a good, positive way, getting out of the house coming back in time for the 8 o'clock game. And again, what I was saying, Thanksgiving, I don't know whether you heard, but they cut the third game. You know, the Detroit Lions and the Dallas Cowboys always play on Thanksgiving. Now, er after the Lions just shit the bed, everyone every year always says, you got to change that Lions game. Why are we doing this in Detroit? What is exactly the tradition? Why the Cowboys and the Lions? Now, you can understand the Cowboys. That's never going to change. That is, whether they stink or not, that's America's team. But the Detroit Lions have sucked for so long. It would be like putting the Jets every Thanksgiving. It's a massacre. It's a disaster. So I'm not sure why they don't change that. They added that third game on about 10, 15 years ago, I guess. And I don't really like it, but now I count on it because when I my part of the Thanksgiving is driving home from bets, listening to the game on the radio. It's my favorite thing. And, of course, having some you know money on it. And it was supposed to be a good game. The Steelers against the Ravens would have been good. But they canceled the game because I remember I was in Jersey. I was making the bets. And I'm like, where the hell's that game? Wait a minute. What the hell? They're not putting that game in? Why, why would they do that? <clears throat> and then I, I went on, you know, the, uh, what is it called? The internet. And I found they canceled the game. They canceled the game because all of the Baltimore Ravens have COVID. They actually canceled the game that night. Unprecedented. But apparently somebody in the Ravens organization went partying like a coach or something, did something, didn't follow the protocols, 
and gave the whole team COVID. What an asshole. And ruined their chances for anything and stuff. And now uh, Lamar Jackson has COVID. So RGB, RBG, what is Ruth Bader Ginsburg the third has to um, be the quarterback? <laughs> Against Pittsburgh? Oh, my God. That, the line's not out yet, but I'm taking Pittsburgh. Anyway, then they moved the game to Sunday. And now they've moved it to today, Tuesday, December 1st. Another Tuesday night game, which is perfect. You do a show on Tuesday, a football show on Tuesday nights because you're like, well, that's the perfect night to do it because at least there's no games. You know, you, you, you finish Sunday. You, you're just before Thursday. Jesus Christ. So then we're doing a football show, making picks on football while there's a football show going on. What a complete waste of time. My God. And it's at 8 o'clock. I think the game starts at like, I don't know, either 5 or 7. So it's like right in the heart of when you need to be watching. It probably starts at 7. I don't know. What? COVID strikes again. But, of course, I wouldn't even have that show if it wasn't for COVID. So I suppose you could look at it two ways. Anyway, that's my favorite thing to do to go home and listen to that. But um, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? And then Saturday, or Friday, because we forget, right? I mean, it's like, how many people think that the day after Thanksgiving is Saturday? Raise your hands. Oh, my God. Right? Oh, my God. You just think, well, tomorrow will be Sunday. You know, <laughs> it's so, my, I was just talking to my doorman. He goes, yeah, I got home. And I'm like, well, at least I don't have to go to work. Ah, oh, crap. It's so easy to forget it's Friday. So Friday, I just, so I was going to make my bets. And I was like, no. Like, on my way home. But I'm like, I'm not in the mood. I'm not in the mood. And you know how excited I get about it. So, you know, I said, I'll, you know what I'll do is I'll, it's going to be a beautiful day tomorrow, being Friday. And I'm so glad I went Friday instead of today because it's crap cloudy and kind of miserable today, at least here on the East Coast. And I said, I'm going to go and take the motorcycle and go on the ferry and go to Hoboken on Friday and make the bets there because it'll be good to get out of the house and do something. And that is exactly what I did, except they didn't take the motorcycle. I took this, just the city bike over to the ferry, took the ferry over and met my friend Caitlin, who's going to law school now. I said, can you just meet me for a cup of coffee? And she lives right off the ferry, but she, her parents live there. But then uh, she moved like further towards the path train, which is like, I don't know, a mile and a half away. So we, I walked her home drinking coffee. I go to her house, check out her house and everything it was really nice. This new apartment she has. And we had a really nice day. I mean, it was like I wasn't in any rush. So I'm like, this is perfect. You know, it was a beautiful day. But I got to tell you how many people were walking around with no masks in Hoboken, New Jersey. A lot. You know, you, it's noticeable. You're watching. You know, now, okay, I had my mask down while I was drinking the coffee. I don't normally do that, but I don't normally walk with anybody. So, and I was just like, at this point, with everything going on, I'm like, like, I think like everybody else is like, fuck it. I'm, I'm, I just need to do anything normal. I mean, seriously, at this point, it's not like it's March. It's a year later. You can't live like this. So, yeah, we walked around Hoboken, not in front of a lot of people, but just drinking our coffee, had the masks on the chin, you know. And then when I uh, finished it, I put it back on. But I noticed a lot of people just walking around with no masks at all. It was very surprising. Uh, I don't know whether that's a Jersey Trump thing or... They, there were a lot of Trump signs out there, but there were also an equal amount of Biden signs. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. It was very, very odd to um, uh, to see that. But 
then and so then I said I made my bed and I took the ferry back and then I decided to walk back home from the ferry, which is basically water to water. So it was good because I definitely wanted to do some walking after Thanksgiving. So I'm glad I did that, and I was exhausted. And by the time I came home, the day, I had all these plans. I was going to, all right, I'll tape the podcast when I get home. Then I'll shoot some video stuff I want to do with Bernie, the puppet. And then I'll do And, and I got home, and I'm like, well, <clears throat> I think that's the end of the evening. <laughs> like, I think I, I think I talked on the phone. I watched, I watched this new show called Dash and Lily that Dory told me about. It's on Netflix. It's made for Dave Jessica. It's about a girl that's really into Christmas and a guy that's not and how they meet. And it's a bunch of clues in a bookstore. I'm suckered. There's like eight episodes. They're 20 minutes long. I'm in anything that's good like that. Whatever. I hate the guy in it, but the girl's cute as a button. I mean, cute in a good, healthy way, not like super hot or anything. But, you know, I'll watch it because, you know, we're all looking for stuff. So I watch that. And then I'm like, you know what? I think I'm going to go to bed. And so like around four o'clock, because I remember it was still light and I just went to bed with my clothing on and said, screw it. Yeah, because I think that's right. I had like two slices of pizza and I went to bed and then I woke up and I had some chocolate cake. It it was just and then I just that was the end. I had all this stuff planned and I just I think you can give yourself a pass the Friday after Thanksgiving um, that's the way I was looking at it. I'm like, well, I really got to get all this stuff done. I was going to build that Pac-Man machine. Finally. I'm like, eh, eh. <laughs> oh, it's so awful. And it all has to do with it. Just getting dark. So early you're like, as soon as it's sundown, forget it. It's over. How could it not be? No, 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 no. That's the end of the night. I can't do anything now. I can't do any productive. It's dark outside. You don't start productive projects when it's dark outside. Well, technically, most comedians should. But I don't. No. I'm sure you're like me, too. Once it's dark, the night is over. I'm ready to get my pajamas. And and that's the end. That's the end. I'll watch TV all night and hope I can get to bed early so I can wake up when it's lighter. So I go to bed, what, maybe around 2. Uh. I kind of wake up at seven. Yeah, I woke up at seven for like a half hour and then I went back to bed. I wake up at 11 o'clock or I'm like, come on. I was trying to get up at nine. I was like, I'm going to get up. I'm going to do the podcast. I'm going to go to Dunkin' Donuts. So I'm going to, I'm going to treat myself. And I'm going to do the podcast, get the good mocha coffee that I like doing the podcast, you know, cause sometimes I've been doing the podcast. I just drink the coffee at my house. I'm like, that's not a lot of laughs. I love getting that mocha coffee before I go. When I really should be having tea before the podcast, because they can see, you know, it's all in my throat. Because I think, <clears throat> I think I have acid reflux from eating too much. <laughs> I think, I think that is the issue. Because uh, <clears throat> when I came home after Thanksgiving, I ate the leftovers again, which I did not need. Anyway, I'm I'm completely backtracking. I, I there's so many things I needed to tell you about the stuff I've already said. So. Uh, let me just tell you really quickly about this Dash and Lily that's on Netflix. The weirdest thing happened. I'm watching this stupid show, right? And you'll see if you'll see it too. And the two of them are thinking about each other. They've never met. I'm only on episode two. And what? I mean, I never heard this song in my life until last week. What song are they both singing to at the same time that's playing on the the radio? I think it was a radio. Is the one from last week. <laughs> You promised me Broadway was waiting for me 
city when, when the band finished playing They had a love for more Sinatra was swinging All the drunk men were singing We kissed on a corner Then danced through the night The boys of the envoy Kitty choir were singing Go away And the bells were ringing out For Christmas Day yeah, so I thought they, I was like, wait a minute, there's no way they're doing the next verse. And of course, they stopped it here. They just played the instrumental part. And I, thought, I was like, please do it. Please do it. You're an old slumming jumper, an arrowless devil, a dripping at both. You scumbag, you mugger, cheap, cheap, lousy, faggot, tubby Christmas, you're well, I guess that wouldn't fit the song, though. But, uh, yeah, it was just so funny that I'm like, wait a minute, what? I never heard that song in my life, and now it's on a TV show, and I played it last week? Maybe you guys are, like, sitting there going last week, like, wait, you've never heard this song. What's the matter with you? So that could be a thing, I guess, but apparently everybody's heard of it. It's just kind of odd you'd put it in this, you know, millennial, what's that even called millennials anymore, this Generation Z TV show of, like, 16, 17-year-olds when... You know, if you do more research on it, you know, if, if somebody's like, oh, I like that song they were singing to each other. And then, you know, some politically correct person goes like, what's a faggot? It's a bundle of sticks, actually, or cigarette, actually, if you. um, But unfortunately, not in that term that they used it. Uh, so that was interesting. Dash and Lily. The other thing I wanted to point out, and this is stupid, but it is the Nightfly. Are we not? The Nightfly Podcast. What is the Nightfly Podcast? Why do you like the Nightfly Podcast? Because the stiff are going to ridiculous shit. I'm watching that stupid Buck Rogers at 11 o'clock. It's episode four. Like in the first season, it's called Vegas in Space. And the guest villains (laughs) are Cesar Romero and Dr. No. And I'm like, what? They just have small parts. In Buck- this is why I get mad about Bernie Coppell and Be Positive, although he does have a bigger part, as it turns out. I was hoping. But it's a one-off where Cesar Romero is a villain, but he turns out to be nice. And But Dr. No is a really bad villain. What's that guy's name? Joseph Wiseman, I think. But it was just so funny. I'm like, oh, my God, I can't wait to talk about it on the podcast. You, you're talking about a Buck Rogers with, the guy, you know. <laughs> And now, people of Gotham City, the moment you have all been waiting for. (laughs) The grand finale, the climax of my performance, the zenith of my career. (laughs) The unmasking of Batman and Robin, the boy wonder. (laughs) I like when he used to call him the boy blunder. That's the gag I used to do when I first started comedy. I'm like, uh, oh, yeah, the gag was uh, they always have British villains in the movie. I think I was doing Die Hard. And I'm like, well, now, Mr. McLean. Right. I was saying they always quote from Shakespeare and stuff. Um, Mr. McLean, now is the winter for your discontent. Made glorious summer, whatever it was. And then I would say, I, you know, what happened to the villains from Batman like the Joker where he was just like, well, if it is the, the dynamic dopies and the boy blunder, ooh, like he would just make stuff up with fifth grade, which is much more hurtful. That was the gag. As you can see, that's why I'm so famous. But uh, and then I swear to God, and he, he maybe he wasn't doing that uh, quite frankly. Still, though, you know, Cesar Romero and anything hilarious. And then Dr. and Joseph, the doctor, no, was pretty much just 
playing the same character, which you're saying to yourself, well, no wonder we never heard from him again. He just has this one character. World domination. Same old dream. Our asylums are full of people who think they're Napoleon or God. You persist in trying to provoke me, Mr. Bond. I could have had you killed in the swamp. And why didn't you? I thought you less stupid. Usually when a man gets in my way... were different. You cost me time, money, effort. You damaged my organization and my pride. I was curious to see what kind of a man you were. I thought there might even be a place for you with Spectre. Well, I'm flattered. I prefer the revenge department. Of course, my first job would be finding the man who killed Strangways and Quarrel. Unfortunately, I misjudged you. You are just a stupid policeman. That's my favorite part. Unfortunately, I misjudged you. I are just a stupid policeman. That's what he was doing on Buck Rogers. He was playing somebody. They give you a drug and it's like a truth serum. Unfortunately, you will not recover after you tell us what we need to know. But he sure was evil. I don't know what his story is, but, uh, you know, you know, the, you know, it's pretty bad if you're playing the lead character in the first James Bond movie ever made and then you just have a walk-on part in Buck Rogers in 1979. That's not that's not good. Now, if you're Dave Juskout, that would be the greatest thing that ever happened. But unfortunately, he was probably looking for more and uh, he died a very slow, painful death. I'm kidding, of course. I'm only talking about Dr. No. <laughs> not the man who played him uh and uh, speaking of uh, which you want to hear something insanely crazy i like most people uh you know really enjoy watching charlie brown now first of all they're not having it on network this year which is really really annoying uh i had to tape it off pbs because they're only having it on either apple tv or disney which sucks i like when it's on the network. I don't like to go find it, but whatever. So I taped it off PBS. Uh, Charlie Brown Thanksgiving I'm talking about this year. And obviously I watched the Christmas. You, you, you always want to watch the, the, the pumpkin, the Christmas, and the Thanksgiving. You have to. I don't know why. It's not very good. Some of it's good. Some of it you just want to fast forward. Like anything they're doing with Snoopy, like that World War One flying ace Halloween. Oh, my God. I can't fast forward that enough. God, is that boring. Or on Thanksgiving when he's you know working with the chair and everything. But what I noticed about how horrible the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving is, and not not horrible enough to not watch it, but how just insensitive. We, we all know how insensitive Peppermint Patty is, but so she's really insensitive. I mean, she's just a, a bitch, you know, inviting herself over then and inviting her friends over, and it just makes you crazy. But Charlie Brown's an asshole for, like, not saying anything, right? But so what I notice is there's just these trickling down of people that are dicks to everybody. So the only person that can't fight anybody back is Woodstock, and it trickles down. So you have Peppermint Patty being a real asshole to Charlie Brown. But then Charlie Brown, is he, he's yelling at Snoopy because he's, he's shirking his duties while he's trying to cook for all these people. He's like, will you get cooking? We're, we got a lot of guests coming. And then he's like, what's the matter? You didn't set the table already, you dope. 
So fuck you, Charlie Brown, you dumb asshole. You're asking your dog. It's amazing that the miracle your dog's cooking dinner and then you get to yell at him because he didn't set the table yet, you fucking ungrateful prick. And then Snoopy's just as bad because then he does the same thing to Woodstock. Woodstock's fast asleep in his nest. He slingshot him while he's asleep into a garage door. I mean, what the hell is with these people? They're absolutely horrible people. It's as bad as Seinfeld when you break it down. They're really horrible human beings. And, uh, you know, if Charlie Brown, as angry as he gets and he thinks he gets a bad deal, if he's that angry at a dog that's going to cook a dinner for five, you're an asshole, Charlie Brown. That's why... This is so obvious I need to make that movie. You're an asshole, Charlie Brown. What am I doing? How am I not making that already? Now listen to this. Hello? Hi, Chuck. This is Peppermint Patty. How you been, Chuck? Okay, I guess. Do you kind of miss me, Chuck? Well, I, uh... That's okay, Chuck. I know you probably can't talk because someone's listening. We'll keep these intimate things to ourselves, okay, Chuck? Well, I, um... Listen, I really have a treat for you. My dad's been called out of town. He said I could go over to your house and share Thanksgiving with you, Chuck. Well, I, uh... I don't mind inviting myself over because I know you kind of like me, Chuck. Well, I, uh... Okay, that's a date. See you soon, you sly devil. Oh, brother. Now what? Peppermint Patty's coming to Thanksgiving dinner. We won't even be home. Hello? Hi, Chuck. Listen, I have even greater news. Remember that great kid, Marcy? Sure. I just talked to her and she kind of would like to see you again. And her folks said it would be okay if she joined us. She can count on two for dinner, Chuck. But I just don't know. This will be okay with your folks, won't it, Chuck? Now, what an asshole. And then and then she invites Franklin over, too. I mean, I don't know where all their parents are, but she invites everybody over. Now, we know that's the story. Now, here's the best part of this. The person that plays Peppermint Patty, I don't know whether you know this, is a boy. His name is Christopher DeFaria, and you're not going to believe this. Now... Nobody really knows what happens to any of those kids that did voices, especially in the 60s. This guy, he's about my age. Not only did he voice Peppermint Patty in five things, like, you know, that one and like four other movies in the 60s and 70s. But he was the president of DreamWorks Animation up until two years ago. Like he really went up as he's a huge executive producer. He executive produced... Shit, what the, what the, oh my God, I'm a fucking, Gravity, Gravity, with Sandra Bullock, Gravity and Mad Max Fury Road, he's the executive producer, the guy that played Peppermint Patty in uh, Thanksgiving, Charlie Brown, executive produced these, but I think, and I don't have the proof, but I think he's so into animation and next level technology he works on the Mandalorian, which is amazing. And I think he came up with all the stuff we now think is normal in the Matrix and Harry Potter. I mean, this guy says some next level shit. 
and he started out as the voice of Peppermint Patty. I mean, you have to be a real man to be able to get over that and get to where you are. You, he must be very smart. Because, you know, it's, you know you're going to get shit for especially playing a girl as a boy back then. Can you imagine being able to not only, you know, have that, even though it's weird if you're a boy playing a girl, when you're that young, that's like a nightmare. But then you would have to say, like, I guess you'd say to your friends, like, ah, you're playing Peppermint Patty, that's so gay. And then you'd say to your friends, I'll let my... uh I'll let, I'll let my banker know next time I put that check in there. <laughs> I mean, it's, probably, probably didn't go to regular schools, but um, I guess that's how you tell, your parents would tell you to answer that question. Oh, yeah, when your friends tell you that, show them the check that you got for doing it, which probably wasn't that much anyway, but uh, that, that could be, they don't, your kid doesn't know, so you just answer that way, or you cut a hilarious uh, big check like they do in The Simpsons and uh, take it downtown to cash at the liquor store. But I thought that was the most fascinating thing. Boy, would I like to meet that guy. Oh, my God. Christopher DeFaria. I mean, he's got, I mean, he's, he's friends with Spielberg. He did Ready Player One. I mean, this guy, I mean, damn. What are your credits? Well, I played Peppermint Patty and Charlie. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm going to start. No, no, no. But I also came up with, you know, in the Matrix where it's just like slow-mo, like, you know, when they're in the air and they use that all. No, no, no. They use that everywhere. Yeah, yes. No, I invented that. Right, but tell me more about the peppermint patty thing. So wait a second. You went to work. I I had no idea that was a boy. I I mean I've listened. I just listened to it with you guys, and I still can't tell. I mean, obviously it's before his voice changed. I guess, but it's just it, and that's what makes me, of course, furious. He's around the same age as me. How much would I have loved? Now again, I would have been a different person. I would have been such a brat. I probably would have killed myself if I. Um, you know, was that and couldn't get work. I mean, it would just be funny now as the person I am now to have done that years ago, but I don't think I could have handled the uh, rejection or lack of work after. And certainly I would not be smart enough to be like, hey, I know what effects we can do. That'll be amazing in the Matrix. Like, you know, when that mirror like uh, kind of melts, I could do that. You can. Well, not me, but I, I, I think uh, I could, you know, get you some guys that can. I don't know what I'm talking about anymore. I know I'm having a good time bringing the podcast to you. Um, so, you've, so okay, so let's talk about next week. My guess is I'm going to have to take a break. I am not ready. I'm not positive, but it's possible there will be no podcast next week. Uh, if I can get the level of the 300 that I want. Now, again, I'm having trouble because, get this, I can't think of anybody I want on the 300. I mean, I just, there's a couple, I just can't think about it. And, you know, I really want Amy Heckerling, but I don't think I can record her before the 300. But but the 300 has got to be something. So, I mean, I got to put some work into it. And it's like, um, I'm just not sure how to handle it. So, I might need a week off to prepare to, to to at least acknowledge, you know, something about it. And, you know, re- really it would start preparing on Monday and then I'd have to record it and everything. So I don't think I'd have it ready in time. But that's not that's not all true. I, I don't know. So my guess is we might have to take a break because I couldn't put out a 299A. It just, you know me, it wouldn't work. But 
with that being said, I'll you know to make up for it, I'll uh, probably put one out in between Christmas and New Year's where I usually take a break. So I guess it'll all even out. I'm sorry, everybody, if that's the case. If that's the case, we'll see. You know, I'll let you. You'll know. You'll know. And if you're on Patreon, you'll get the uh, you'll get the message early. I'll let everybody know what's going on. Oh, also, um, the tote bags came in. <laughs> they look amazing. <laughs> um, so I just got to figure out how to get it to you guys. I think Liz down at the Comedy Cellar is going to help me out and, you know, maybe um, get your address and send it out for me, uh, which was very kind. So I, I guess that's the only way it could work. I, I'm not uh, sure. I think I just have to do it on my own. I don't. Uh, Patreon only puts out their own products and they have something where you could make a tote bag, but it was like an organic tote bag. And I'm like, please. So I don't know what this is, but it looks amazing and you're going to love it. And it's just stupid. And I know that you'll get it. (laughs) I I can't imagine anybody using it, but I don't know. I guess you could bring it to the grocery store. It looks nice. It's got the blue handles. I had to pay extra for that. (laughs) It's so stupid, but I think you'll like it. I mean, look, <laughs> it is what it is. Who cares? Uh, but with the 300, it's funny. I'm like, I, I don't want Sarah on. She was on the 250th and I'm mad at her. I don't want Rachel on because I'm mad at her. So it's like, I don't know who to put on. And, you know, I'm saving up. I don't want Amy Heckling on for 10 minutes. I want to run for an hour. So that's the issue I'm having. And I just, isn't that funny? I just can't think of it. You know, I'm not at the cellar all the time, so I'm not thinking and people aren't putting thoughts into my head. I'm not with people. So I, you know, it's an odd thing. So, I mean, I guess if the 300 is just you and me talking and, and believe me, what I like, if I had an intern, would I go back and play clips from my old shows and stuff? Yeah, you damn right. I would. It would be super fun. We can do it like the uh, Gary Shandling 25th anniversary show or something or like an old Carson clip show. But fuck that. I don't want to do that. Do you? <laughs> um, no. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I guess I guess what we could do is just play the, the clips we like that we just get from YouTube and just play the the ones we like the most, like the, the, the gay kid on the Larry David show or, you know, something from Crimes and Misdemeanors like we played earlier or something's from The Simpsons or Family Guy. I guess, I guess we could do it that way. <laughs> but uh, it doesn't seem like a big event, you know. And 300 is a lot. I mean, most of my friends do podcasts and then they leave them and then they come up with other formats. Nobody, I don't, besides Gilbert, I don't know anyone else who's had 300 podcasts. Nobody else puts theirs out steadily, which is why it's kind of embarrassing to not have more listeners and followers because, uh, God, I, I don't know. I guess I'm just not putting out the proper product that anybody cares about. But I know the ones that do care, care a lot. And that means enough to me to keep me going with it every week. You know, obviously, I like doing it. If I didn't like doing it, I just wouldn't do it. I mean, it's, just, it's a bit of a chore, but like a bit of a chore, a happy chore. I'm happy to do it. I've always wanted to be on the radio, so this makes sense to me. Um, Boy, you know, the only thing that would be better, like I would, you know, is if I had somebody that would produce it and so I could just come in like already, you know, and have my topics and everything and just you know, kind of go to where have somebody else set up the clip. Hey, let's set up this clip, you know, so I could have, so I don't have to do all that work, but it's not like I don't have time to do it anymore. So I guess that works. Did anybody see the uh, Thanksgiving day parade this year? It was so pathetic. It brought in a lot of viewers. So I guess that's why they did. It's all greed and money, but you know what? It pissed me off the two facedness again. 
You're telling everybody not to go home with their families. You're telling them, do not congregate. Do you know how many people it takes to work those goddamn balloons? Now, meanwhile, they were, there were like 10 balloons. The other ones, they were showing clips from years before. I mean, you got to be kidding me. It was only a block near Macy's. It was the saddest thing you've ever seen. Most of the performances were taped in advance, but again, it's everybody dancing around and being together. Exactly what you said not for us to do. And there you are showing it's like, no, but it's okay if these people are doing it because, you know, we're providing entertainment for everybody. Fuck you. That parade should have been canceled like it was World War II and there was no parade. I mean, if, you, if, if that's what we're doing, if you're telling us not to go home, there shouldn't have been a parade, whatever that you call that thing. Because people definitely gathered to see some of it. It wasn't as much people, but people gathered. There were people in the city, and they gathered because there was a parade. So you're telling us one thing, and then you're doing another. Uncool, man, and all from greed and money. So make up your minds. So that's why I'm like, fuck this. I'm going home for Thanksgiving. If my family doesn't care, my immediate family, I'm not seeing anybody else. If they don't care and I don't care. And, it, and if you feel that selfish because somehow I'm spreading it around when I get back to New York City. Well, why am I the only one? The airports were packed. Again, very difficult to ask people to do stuff like this since March. You know, it'd be one thing if it had just started and it was March and March happened to have Thanksgiving. March had Easter. No one cares. Passover. No one cares. That was fine. And we all were like, we get it. But it's almost been a year. You cannot ask people to do this shit and not see their family for that long. It's ridiculous. We would all rather get the disease. We can't take it anymore. Everything has to open up. This is sucks. Everybody, yeah, everybody's getting COVID, but most people are asymptomatic. And maybe people will die. My God. What are we going to do? You cannot live like this. I know you guys believe me. I know I know we're all on the same page in the sense. I mean, I, nobody knows what to do, but I can tell you this. Don't close things down again. And I don't know. You know, there's other places in, in Florida. Everything's open. There's other places where everything's open. I heard somebody told me they were in Utah. Everything was open. Like the whole thing never happened. Of course, there's a lot of space and distance there. That's the problem with living in a city. In L.A. and California, everything's closed down. Because, you know, everybody's two together. I don't know. But I'm really glad I went home, even if I get it. And believe me, don't think I'm not getting paranoid. I'm having, you know, heart palpitations, thinking I have it whenever I'm sleeping. It's it's possible for anybody to sleep. Everybody has insomnia now because we all think we have it, whatever that is. (laughs) You know, yesterday I was eating. What was I eating? I was eating the pizza. And I'm like, geez, I don't know. Did I just lose my taste? You know, and then I had a, a sip of uh, Coke, and I was like, no, it's fine. But, you know, you're starting to panic. Why wouldn't you? We're all paranoid. Oh, these are the lives we've chosen. My sister went to Chick-fil-A the other day. There is nothing worse, and then they, they didn't give her ketchup or sauce, and, of course, she asked for it explicitly, and they forgot. I said, what is the matter with you? You cannot just sit there and take it. You've got to go back and get it. And you have to tap on the window and say, hey, jerk off. I know they're working there and it's tough, but you got to put in the sauces, please. 
I couldn't eat that without. I'd be, oh, if I was home, yeah, what can you do? But if you're in the car, go back. It's completely unacceptable to not have the sauces in it. And it was hilarious that my sister was going to Chick-fil-A anyway. The cleaning lady was at her house, so she decided to go to (laughs) Chick-fil-A. How disappointing. You got to have the sauce. Just like in Taco Bell when they don't bring the uh, the sauce packets. I'm like, oh, my God. Then what, what do you do if it's delivered? You're, you're screwed. But if I'm in a car, I'm going back. I got to check. Yeah, I think I got through everything I got to get through today. So it's December 1st. The 300th is next week, technically. It's our next show. But this was the big 299th. Wow, some show, huh? Ugh. Got to really... I hate myself sometimes, (laughs) but that is our show for today. Hello, everybody. And uh, I just hope that uh, really everybody had a great holiday. There's a couple more upcoming. Uh, You know, we got Hanukkah, everybody's favorite holiday. And then Christmas time, Christmas time. I'll just start playing the Charlie Brown stuff throughout and, uh, Boy, you know, listen, I'm going to have good shows going on and stuff. I just got to get them together, and it's just difficult. I just can't concentrate a lot because things are so abnormal. But I'm going to do the best I can to keep giving you quality, quality shows and quality guests because you deserve it, and you've been so kind with your comments. And to sign up for Patreon and all, I just want to make sure it's worth your while. And I love you very much, and I really, really appreciate everything you do uh, for me and that, that you like the show and, that, and, and you've shown how much you like it. You, you know, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a makes a world of difference, and it's really nice. And so I give thanks for listeners like you. Look, it's the PBS thing again. I brought it around. But, uh, folks, really, I, I, I hope, uh, you know, it's going to be a great end of the year thing. And, of course... As the calendar changes, the coronavirus will not. It looks like it doesn't adhere to any kind of calendar. What a very rude virus it is. But we will get by. We will have the podcast. We will work things out. So excellent weeks to come. I promise you goodness and awesomeness for the uh, coming month of December 2020. I expect to go out with a bang. That is my plan. So join us, uh, you know, next week, we go. But for the big 300 podcast, whatever that may be, on the Nightfly, you've listened all the way. You might as well finish it up, and that'll be our final podcast forever. I'm joking, of course. But wouldn't that be hilarious that you just end it? And that's the last podcast. Thank you so much, everybody. And then, and then I'll be sitting around watching TV going like, why did I stop that podcast? I'm not doing anything. Anyway, folks. Thank you so much, and I will see you on the 300th episode of The Nightfly. Good night, everybody. 